0: Paranormal Perception is about to be conjured into existence by 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC. Paranormal Perception isn't just about our experiences or evidence of the other side. You'll also hear discussions about UAPs, crypto creatures and cryptocurrencies, glitches in the matrix, prophecies and how they're coming true in front of our very eyes. And everything else, well, paranormal. You may agree with some of the things Henry says. You'll disagree with him as well. All we ask is the same thing you ask investigators to give to ghosts, respect. Agree or disagree, you're about to get a new perception of the paranormal, a paranormal perception. through the new normal, for the new decade. Welcome to Paranormal Perception. This is the show where you'll hear about brushes with restless spirits. Battles with dark entities. Signs of the Expliant. Glitches in the Matrix. Creatures from different cultures. (coughs) Warnings about our transhumanist future. Do we have answers? You have many questions. Yes, and so do you. Ergo, some of my answers you will understand and some of them you will not. You know it. You feel it. Your feelings are correct. Now, let's get a new paranormal perception with Henry San Miguel. Welcome to Paranormal Perception. Hang on a second. That's more like it. Yep, it's September, and that means, well, hopefully cooler weather. At least here in Anaheim, we're in like triple digits. But it also means a month from now, you're all going to be here in Anaheim for OC Paracon. Now, in case you missed the memo last week, the two-for-one ticket sale has been extended until Friday, September 23rd. Single day. Two-day general admission, two for one. Patty Negri's Seance, two for one. Tales from Before Creation with Zolska, not two for one. You gotta get separate tickets for that and the ticket for each person that wants to attend. This is also, I don't think I mentioned this actually. This is only the only ticket you'll be able to buy there on site during OC Paracon weekend. So if you haven't bought a ticket because eh, you're not sure if you want to go, but while you're there. You get to talk to the hero and Sean Clan, or you meet new friends there, and they're gonna go. And suddenly, now you want to go. It's okay. Just go up to the underneath uh, the Super, Supernatural table, buy your ticket directly from Hero and Sean Clan. Boom, you'll there. You'll be there for Tales from Before Creation with uh, with Jolska. So that's the only ticket that you're gonna be able to buy there. Everything else, two for one, extended through September twenty third. Those of you that have VIP tickets, the Joska event, that is included for you. And speaking of VIP, yeah, still sold out. No breaking news. But, I don't know, could be the heat frying my brain or maybe too much pumpkin spice. No, never too much pumpkin spice. Whatever the reason, well, okay, mainly because I can, I'm going to give two of you two free VIP tickets. Free. Here's all you got to do. Follow OC Paracon on Facebook and or Instagram. Wait, oh, hey, that's not all. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you thought it was going to be that easy, huh? No, you also got to follow Paranormal Perception on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It's not hard. I mean, you all follow 100 new accounts a day, so why not follow one you'll actually get something out of? Hmm? Do that right now, though, because I'm going to pick the winners on Labor Day, which is just coming Monday, by the way, if you didn't know. And I'm going to announce you on next Friday's show. Couple of caveats, though. Number one, this doesn't include travel or a hotel. That's up to you. So if you can't get here on that weekend, on October 1st and 2nd, don't try to win these tickets. Also, if you're already following us, sorry, but you don't qualify. This is only for new followers. And honestly, it's more important to me, the new listeners. Hopefully you'll be new listeners. Now, I can see Who's new? So don't message me pretending to be any follower. How come you didn't pick? Because you're not new. (laughs) That's why I didn't pick you. And that's it, really. Uh, So remember, pretty easy. Do it this weekend. Do it today. Do it this weekend. Uh, Follow OC Paracon on Facebook and Instagram. Paranormal Perception on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I'll welcome you to our Paranormal Perception family with two free VIP tickets to OC Paracon for you and a friend. Nice, huh? Can't buy that for a dollar cut it's free sleep paralysis talk next paranormal perception will return in a moment the rumors are true all vip tickets are now sold out we are one month away from oc paracon vip tickets may have sold out but you can still buy general admission single or two-day tickets while they last recently added to the speaker lineup are actor and filmmaker chris levin haunted oc ghost walks lady and celine from KBNL paranormal radio and tales from before creation with joska the storyteller entity that will be summoned by unearthing the supernatural this has never been featured at any paracon you can be the first to experience this unique ceremony the two-for-one ticket sale has been extended until friday september 23rd or until all tickets are gone Get your tickets and join us at the first ever paranormal conference in Anaheim, OC Paracon. Tickets and info at ocparacon.com.
1: That's That's
0: spirits are active when it's hot outside, too. That's why this show is here with another chilling interview. Get it? Chilling? To cool you off in the summer? Fine. Paranormal Perception continues with Henry San Miguel. Need some of that chill today in Anaheim. Like I said, getting the triple digits over here. So we're back. And yeah, this should be a, a chilling, scary, frightening interview because a lot of you told me last week when I teased what we are going to talk about. You've experienced this yourself. A lot of you have, have felt, have experienced sleep paralysis. Some of you are, it, you have, it happens so much, it's just... It just, It's just common. It's just like, eh, okay, again, others of you don't, still don't understand what it is. So today's guest is Vicki Joy Anderson. She has a book, a new book, called The Only Come Out at Night, Exposing the Dark Weapon of Sleep Paralysis. It's available on our, our friend, Ellie Marzulli, on his website. Uh, I also have a link to Vicky's website, everything on, on the show description on there. Vicky, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Henry. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Uh, and when LA first told me about this, uh, I I knew I had to get you on. Not just because LA told me to, but because I've I've spoken about I've ne- I've myself I've said it on the air. I've never I've never experienced sleep paralysis, but I some people my my wife she definitely had a very terrifying experience, more than one actually, when it comes to sleep paralysis. But before we get into all of that, let me let me start actually with having you. Um, if anybody's wondering, define what do you, what you mean by sleep paralysis.
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, it's a good question to start with because there is a little bit of confusion. There is a natural physiological event that happens seamlessly, normally several times every time we go to sleep. We drift in and out of sleep. And as we drift in and out of sleep, we have brief moments kind of that bookend that with altered states of consciousness. And there are times where we can kind of wake up prematurely or we can be kind of caught in between those in between states and there's nothing terrifying about it in fact it's it's usually you become aware of the fact that you're awake and you're in a deep sense of relaxation and a lot of times it actually feels very pleasant so when we talk about sleep paralysis we're not really talking technically about the paralysis itself which is physiological and is normal what we're talking about is a phenomenon that occurs during sleep paralysis and that is that many people when they wake up in these sort of in-between phases of being half asleep half awake and there's even a reference of of it in scripture briefly in song of Solomon five two it talks about the the bride it, it said that she was asleep but her heart was awake and then the bridegroom comes to the door and that actually plays in uh very seamless to the sleep paralysis uh uh encounter believe it or not and we can get into that a little bit later but what what a classic Paralysis episode is and by classic I mean this is the story you hear the most because there are many 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 experiences but the classic sleep paralysis event is you wake up during this altered state of consciousness where you don't quite know if you're awake or you're asleep or you're both or you're hovering somewhere in between and during this time of paralyzation you can't move you many times feel like you're having trouble breathing you can't scream you can't speak you can't thrash around. You can't wake yourself up. And during this time, you're experiencing any number of auditory or visual hallucinations. It can involve smelling foul smells. It can involve hearing loud vibrational sounds in your ears or footsteps or banging. It can involve seeing entities. And that could be shadow people, old hags, gargoyles, Demons with red eyes, incubus, succubus, uh, all the way down to the, the little green men. So, uh, depending on what story you're 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 listening to, that's the classic one. And there's of course many many other stories uh, that that talk about beings that we we don't hear a lot about, little fairies and bigfoot creatures and uh, things like that. So, but in in a nutshell, it is a a, a very demonic. Hallucinatory experience that occurs during sleep paralysis.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask that because uh, we've heard that a lot. And in fact, some people, some guests have talked about that the the old hag syndrome, as they call it. Uh, and right. I was going to ask, is is it is it the same as retentive you just said yes, it is. So sleep paralysis, it is it considered a medical condition by by medical by doctors or or no?
1: It is absolutely. In fact, if you if you do your research on online, you're going to get The the narrative that it's purely medical, it's a neurological glitch, it's your brain defragging at night, it has to do with stress, it has to do with uh, what what you ate before you went to bed, what position you went to bed in, if you're sleeping on your back, they're going to tell you it might be a mental illness, it might be medication, it might be narcolepsy, there's any number of medical and scientific sort of gaslighting going on, and it's not that people will sleep paralysis might not have mental illness or they might not be on medication, but there's a difference between commonalities and actual causes. And so I think that there's things that can exacerbate the experience or welcome the experience. If you've got a lot of trauma in your life, a lot of stress, if you are on all sorts of psychotropic medication, uh, the whole pharmakia thing can come into play. So of course there are things that I think make a person maybe more susceptible, but the actual cause That was really what I wanted to get into. That's what I really wanted to write the book. That's what I wanted to explore. That's what I wanted to figure out because we can talk all day long what we think it is, but why? That's what most people were being traumatized by this one. I know, why me? Why am I being attacked? Why am I a target? What am I doing? Is there something I can do to make me less of a target? And so I think we really need to get down to whether you believe it's a a brain glitch or if you think it is something spiritual because you've opened a door, that's only the first question that needs to be answered. The next question that needs to be answered is, uh, why, why is this happening? And if, if there, if there is something spiritual to it, which most people who aren't writing the articles on the internet, the people who actually experience it, most people who experience it, their gut reaction is that it's something very evil, very terrifying. They'll use words like drag to hell, demonic, evil. And, this isn't just Christian people. These are Muslims and atheists and new agers when they experience this. They'll use those words. They'll they'll instinctively explain it in those terms. And so we can we at some point we have to separate ourselves from all of the the, the medical jargon and a lot of the quite frankly the gaslighting going on online and go to the actual people who've experienced it. You know, go to the case studies, go to the people who've experienced this their whole life. And can give you in vivid detail what's happened. They have perfect recall of these instances. Why aren't we talking to them? And when we do talk to them, why are we writing them off? Why are we gaslighting them? Why are we trying to undermine the things that they're telling us when they're all telling us the same thing? You know, in in a court, if you were in a court and you brought in 25 witnesses to a crime and all 25 people said the same exact thing, you would think that that would give validity. That that would give strength to the argument. And yet with sleep paralysis, we see the opposite. If you have 100 people saying the same thing, it's like, well, they've all talked about it. They've exchanged stories. Well, they've read it all on the internet, so they've heard it before. Well, they've gotten it from the movies, and so they're pulling it from their cultural psyche. There's all these excuses as to why thousands of people have all had the same experience.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like with the most supernatural things, people are just scared to face the truth. Now, now here's where we get into the book. Like I said, uh, it's called They Only Come Out at Night. This this is the part we get into, exposing the dark weapon of sleep paralysis. Why, why do you call it a weapon and who's wielding this weapon?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, the the experiences that I've had, and I'll just let your listeners know that um, I I didn't just decide... Hey, this is a spooky topic and I think it'll sell a lot of books. So I'm going for it. I, this is something that I experienced for 47 years, off and on, but frequently. Uh, it came on a regular basis all through my childhood and my teen years and my early 20s. And, uh, it went away a bit for my 30s, came back in my 40s. So this is something that's happened to me hundreds and hundreds of times. So I'm, I'm not just, one of these people that has two fingers and a laptop and Googles things and thinks I can, can put a, a journalistic piece together. So I, am coming at this from my own experiences. And obviously I'm coming at it too with a biblical worldview. And so that obviously influences how I perceive the situations. But from, from my research, from the case study, I think at least, I think about 35, 36 case studies are in my book, cited in the book and quoted. And there's an appendix in the back that has a bunch of those stories. But what, what I'm finding is that this is a deeply spiritual uh, part of the the cosmic war, as as L.A. Marzoni likes to talk about. Uh, When you go to Ephesians 6.12, and it talks about the battle, is not against flesh and blood, but against these rulers and authorities and spiritual forces of evil and cosmic powers of darkness that reside in the heavenly places. And if you do a deep dive into the, the Greek word for heavenly places, it actually very specifically is talking about the lower heavens or what some people would call the lower astral. And so I believe that the things that these entities that are involved in these episodes are those rulers and authorities and cosmic powers in in the heavenly places that are waging war with mankind. And the, the reason I, I believe this to be so is because a lot of the sleep paralysis episodes, they, they wind up in the astral plane. That part of the sleep paralysis process, if it's not interrupted, when you start to hear those very loud vibrations in your ears, that's actually a separation of your pick your word your soul your light body your astral body there there's all sorts of words for it but that part that's separating into the astral realm you're there then in those heavenly places and according to ephesians 6:12 those heavenly places are filled with the enemies of god that's who we're at war with and so a lot of people they don't want to they they don't want to bring us into the realms of religion they don't want to bring it to the realms of demons uh but when you look at the actual scriptures, we are being warned in pretty much plain black and white that we have enemies. We're told where they live and we're told that, that their objective is, is to wage war against us. And so I think that we need to take that seriously. And if you're going to write off the idea that these entities are demonic or astral, then, then I would also like to see the research there. Like, let's do the research. And if you're going to write something off, then then i need something more than just unnamed experts on the internet saying experts say and then and there's no backup as to who these experts are or what how they came to those conclusions
0: everyone's favorite unnamed sources seems to be the uh, trend <laughs> today in in uh journ, quote-unquote journalism uh but yeah. let me let me let me ask you this vicky um you, you explained why you see it as a weapon, but, but now, do the victims do? Do they have weapons to wield to protect themselves against these attacks?
1: They absolutely do. They absolutely do. And um, I, you know, we've heard a lot, and this is also in the UFO abduction experiences. We've heard a lot of people with paralysis and UFO abduction stories have said that they cry out on the name of Jesus, and it immediately ends or sometimes you know they call on his name a few times and it eventually ends up in the paranormal world and then move on and things like that but at the time he was a field uh, researcher and he studied 350 ufo experiencers and kind of did this this research this study on it and he discovered much to his surprise that many of the people in this group 350 who had experienced ufo abductions uh, regardless of their religious experience, had discovered that if they cried out on the name of Jesus, this this experience would stop. And I don't think that that information got out there right away. I think that that was not disclosed because obviously that was not really I think what they were looking for or <laughs> wanting to hear, because it does then sort of prove, you know, are we dealing with other life forms from other planets, or are we actually dealing with something demonic or something spiritual? Because uh you know if, if if we're having an argument from someone from you know with with someone from Canada and we say jesus that they're not going to be scared of that if we, if we have an argument with someone from another country or another planet why why would there this be this terror of of the name of of a spiritual being so it it sort of lends credence to the fact that these beings are are under some legalistic authority structures where the the name of their creator strikes and tear into them. And this is likened unto what we see in the New Testament. There were many times where the demons who were possessing people would figure out who Jesus was or who Paul was or what was about to happen. And they would either start to taunt or they would get anxious or they'd get scared or they would start to plead like, send us into the pigs instead, or I know who you are. And and then these demons would have to be silenced. And so, Anytime in the New Testament that these demons kind of felt that they were caught red-handed and that they were going to be exposed and they were going to be cast out, they began to fight back. They, they, they were cast out or they, they had some preliminary moments of argumentation or taunting. And so when you see the same behavior out of these sleep paralysis entities, it makes you wonder if they're from the same family, you know? So we definitely do have have the name of jesus but with that said i'm always careful when i say that because the name of jesus isn't just like a little horror movie talisman either he's not the silver bullet or the stake through the heart or you know the cross for the vampire uh the name of jesus uh if you're going to wield that around you you need to you need to fear it just as much as the ones that you're casting out that's not something to be trifled with that's not something that we wield around when we need it and then just discard it in the morning when we don't need it anymore. Uh, The same way we would never just without any sort of training, you know, pick up a military weapon and start playing around with, with the trick here. I would just caution everybody that if you have no fear of that name, uh, but you expect to wield it cause fear in something else that, you're now in the realms of something that's much bigger than you and something that you might not fully understand. And so even though we do have the name of Jesus, which is a weapon of warfare, it is indeed a weapon, and it has sharp edges, and, and it's not something to be trifled with or played with, you know, like the way people, like they play with, they dabble with Ouija boards, and they don't know what they're getting themselves into. And it's the same thing with the bright side of the spiritual realm. You you can dabble in the bright side and open doors as well if you don't know what you're you're doing. So we we do have weapons, but they're to be wielded with with much training, and that's the other point. It it requires training, Henry. Anybody who expects to win a battle in the middle of the night, half asleep, who's given no pre like thought beforehand as to what am I going to do in this situation, uh, you're going to just be in a panic at that point. And so it's during the waking hours. When we are really doing the ultimate preparation. If, if you are a habitual sufferer, sleep paralysis, you know, it's going to happen again. You have not figured out yet how to get rid of this. You know, it's going to continue to happen during your waking hours when you have the strength and the, the, the brain power and the, the full mind to, to work. And that is when you do the battle plans. And that is when you pray and when you fast and when you discern the spirits and you test the spirits and you evaluate these sleep paralysis experiences that you've had as to whether or not this is a good or an evil experience. Because what I'm seeing, and it, it's a it's a huge reason why I wrote the book, is I'm beginning to see in the church that there are a lot of people that have new age, astral, kundalini-type experiences, and they attribute it to having had an experience with Jesus or with the Holy Spirit. And so the lines are getting blurred, and it's getting more and more difficult for even believers to tell the difference between a genuine encounter with the God that they serve and those that are disguised as angels of of light. And the only way that we are going to acquire that sort of discernment is in our waking hours to walk very closely uh, with the Lord and with the Spirit and to be in the Word and to study to show ourselves approved and to test the spirits to see whether they're from God and to be sober-minded and to be vigilant. It's during our waking hours also that we have to be looking over our shoulders, so to speak. And if we see that prowling lion lurking behind the tree and we know he's coming for us tonight while we're asleep, that we do not have to be defenseless. So we prepare when we're awake.
0: So uh, in your research, Vicki, what what did you find out? What is there a type of entity that, that prefers using sleep paralysis or is it basically in all of them?
1: Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, um, I do think that there are. A couple entities particular to sleep paralysis. Now, once you get dragged up into the astral, you're going to meet a whole new roster of of individuals. But in the bedroom, in in, in the, the basically, I, I call it like the bellboy. It's like the guys that come to get you. Basically, they're they're the cab drivers, <laughs> so to speak. Okay. And so you know, when when you see these, typically there's shadow people. Uh, it, it sometimes people talk about the hat man here in America. There's the, the guy with the hat and pinstripe suit. I saw that guy a couple times. Um dark shadows uh and a lot of people they don't necessarily even see anything in particular but they very much sense uh a darkness or a foreboding or a weight in the room and even though they can't see it they know exactly where it's moving at all times and where it is in the room and so I go at length in the book in chapter 4 I talk about threshold covenants and astral Vampires and the word vampire there—that's not just like a—it's um, not clickbait. There, there really is a lot of similarities between our modern fictional vampire lore and these sleep paralysis entities. To the point that it makes me wonder if these fictionalized versions that we have in the movie and in literature is really just a fantasized version of what these things really are. Some of the similarities are they only come out at night. You know, the vampires, it's this the lore is that they sleep in their coffins all day and they're impervious to the light. And so uh they, they come out at night. And whether it's blood or it's your soul or it's it's your energy or your strength, they are they are energy drainers. They're they're drainers of, of life. And so even even the whole aspect of a vampire uh, attacking the neck area, this is also very similar in sleep paralysis. You have a lot of people that say, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm being strangled. I feel fingers around my throat. And they wake up in these supine positions with their necks angled up. And uh, even sometimes their hands will be up at their necks as if they're trying to pull fingers off of their neck. And so there's just a lot of similarities between the vampires and these shadow people and so i started out in my research is kind of like oh that's kind of a neat coincidence and you know i i really didn't think that there was anything more to it but the more i researched the more i realized that i think it's something much much deeper there's much more deep of a connection i started reading historical books written in the 1800s on threshold covenants these were just historical books they had nothing to do with demonology or, or religion and these threshold covenants, they're all over the scriptures, uh, the, with Passover being the the most significant example. But this was not simply a Semitic thing or a biblical thing at all. This is something that was practiced throughout almost every culture in the world in antiquity and all the way up until the early 1800s. And there's vestiges of it that survive today. In fact, believe it or not, when we uh, seal a deal with a handshake, that's actually a leftover of these ancient threshold covenants where they would slaughter the animals and they would walk between the blood and then the two people making the covenant uh, would put their hands in the blood and then they would shake hands or they would put the handprint on the, the lintels of the door. And so even today when we shake hands uh, for a business deal or when we're buying a house or something like that, it's, uh, it's a leftover of these threshold covenants. Another obvious, threshold covenant left over is when we carry a bride over the threshold on, on the honeymoon. And that goes to ancient threshold covenants where the bridegroom as a show of protection would keep the bride from stumbling or stomping on the threshold and would carry her over the threshold so that none of the household gods would be offended and that she would be protected from demonic entities that would try to enter into the home. And And we see it with Passover where blood was put on the door so that what? So that the angel of death could not cross the threshold. So here we have another similarity with the vampire lore where a vampire cannot bother you unless you invite it into your home. And once it's given invitation and it crosses the threshold, that is when it is open to attack you and harass you. And so, uh, there's this similarity then in sleep paralysis because a lot of people not every story but a vast majority of people in a classic sleep paralysis scenario will tell you that they wake up and they see the shadow man at their bedroom door and then it slowly makes its way to the bedpost, and then to, to over to the bed and it, you know it has this grand dramatic entrance as it builds suspense and, and fear and so I started to realize that Maybe there is actual threshold covenants. Maybe these entities are trying through deceit, through deception, uh, through trickery to get human beings to unwittingly enter into threshold agreements with them because these are binding covenants. Maybe they're just looking for that invitation because, uh, you know, we talk a lot in, in the church world about opening doors. And if you open doors, then you're susceptible to attack. But unfortunately, when we talk about opening these doors, we only talk about sin that we're doing. So like if you're out there doing X, Y, and Z, you're going to open doors. And that can open doors, but there are also far more clever ways that these entities attempt to get those doors open. And I just think that this is a law of the spiritual realm. We even see a hint of it in Revelation 3. 20 Jesus Christ himself who can do whatever he wants he he doesn't need an invitation he can just barge into our lives right but but in revelation 320 it says behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door and lets me in then i will come in and eat with him and that is a threshold covenant we give him the invitation he crosses the threshold and then he he dines with us and even the significance of dining is a covenant. It's a bread and salt covenant. And that's also biblical. And when you, when you eat bread with a fellow man, it, it, it's also a sign of brotherhood and protection and provision. You're, you're swearing allegiance to that person. It, it's a, it's a blood covenant. The salt, because salt is life, as blood is life, the salt is a stand in for a blood covenant. And we even see hints of that in the last supper where jesus breaks bread with all of his disciples he's he's imbibing an salt covenant with his disciples i will never leave you or forsake you i'll i will take care of you i'll protect you i'm going to prepare a place for you i'm going to come back and get you i'm going to make sure you're a part of my kingdom he's he's sealing all of those promises with this bread and salt covenant and so when judas breaks that covenant uh Jesus is like, you know, I I broke bread with you. I I dipped the bread in the dish and you shared this bread with me. And Judas was breaking that covenant by going and betraying Jesus. And you even see this depicted in the uh, famous picture, the famous painting of the Last Supper. If you look at the Judas at the table and he's the one holding the money bag, there's a, a salt shaker. There's a little bowl of salt by his forearm that's tipped over and the salt is spilled on the table. Because he broke the covenant. He didn't, he wasn't worth his salt as the expression goes. And so if there is a significance to any of this, if any of these dots can be connected, then the implication would be that once these shadow people cross the threshold into your bedroom, the implication is that they received somehow an invitation to do so. So the onus is then on us who suffer from this. Who opened that door? Was it me? Was it an ancestor? Is it the head of my household, who I'm in the under the authority of? Uh, now I need to do some prayer mapping. I need to talk to the Holy Spirit. I need to find the source of what gave that thing the invitation. And the beauty of uh, the the beauty of this is, even if you have unwittingly been duped into covenanting with one of these things, this is another similarity with the vampire lore. There are two ways to get out of an oath with a vampire. Unfortunately, the one is that you die. He, he gets you and you're dead. The only other way to undo a covenant with a vampire in fictional vampire lore is that the ownership of the home changes hands. So if, if you move out of that house and someone new moves in, the vampire can't keep coming into that house until he receives a new invitation. And this is really, strangely, the entire story of, of salvation. We're supposed to die to the old self, and then live to the new self. And when we talk about inviting Jesus into our heart, we're, we're in essence talking about we're the new temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we invite Jesus to live in our heart, we are in essence handing the ownership of our home from ourselves over to him. And when we do that, he becomes the new owner. And then those, those old covenants are broken. They're nullified because he's now the new owner and this is why it is so important in ascension theology and all the stuff you're hearing about the, the, the great awakening and Christ consciousness and, um, the new age idea that like we can become as gods. That the whole reason why they need to convince us that we are the king of our own castle and, you know, we, we rule and run our own lives and our own bodies and, and we can be our own gods is because as long as we remain the God of our own home, then they still, th- those contracts aren't nullified. And they know what happens if we change ownership. If all of a sudden we say, I don't wanna be my own God, I want Jesus to be my God, those contracts get nullified because the ownership of the home has, has changed place and it is the legal loophole in the spiritual realm that breaks and nullifies all of those covenants that they have worked so hard to work in secret because most of us who have, who have made those covenants are unaware that, that it's even happened because it's happening in our sleep. And when we wake up, if we even remember it, we chalk it all off to just being a dream.
0: Yeah, uh, Vicki, what, what, do you, what do you hope that longtime sleep paralysis victims, what do you hope they, they get from, from reading the book?
1: I, I obviously ultimately hope that they can go through the exercises at the end of the book and learn the tools to uh, fight this off and then ultimately be done with it forever, to not, not experience it ever again. If any contracts and covenants have been made in an astral, that they would be completely broken and nullified. But what I would want the most, because it's it was the experience that I went through, you know, when you work your whole life to kind of shake something off, you know, you think that the the accomplishment is going to be in, oh, awesome, I don't have sleep paralysis anymore. Now I can get a good night's sleep and I can go to bed at a reasonable hour and I don't have to be afraid when I go to bed. And, but the greatest thing that actually happened, and I, I wished it for, for, for everyone else, it's why I wrote the book, is that when these contracts are broken, you don't just stop having sleep paralysis, but the floodgates open. And all of those brick walls that are always standing in the way of deeper intimacy with God, all these things that we try to do, you know, like we're going to read our Bible more, or we're going to go on a missions trip, or I'm going to start mentoring youth. Like there's all these things that we do because we want this deeper relationship with God, and we can't quite obtain it, and we don't know why. And a lot of times it can be that these other covenants are are getting in the way of a full capacity. So when 100% of our heart can be poured into the one covenant with Jesus Christ, our we now have 100% of our heart to focus on. And Jesus will fill that entire space. And what it has done for me personally is all of those brick walls that I used to hit where I would get discouraged in my walk because I would want to go deeper and I couldn't, those walls have been broken down now. And in addition to having deeper expressions of authentic emotions towards God, feelings of love and gratitude and desires to be with them, longing for his coming and uh, a greater desire to depart from Babylon and and be separate from this world. It's just, it's been, it's like it's going from an engagement period to actually being in the marriage where you can now fully enjoy that other person and so i just i want more for people than to just not have sleep paralysis anymore i what i want for people and what i want for myself and the journey that i'm on is every single thing that's been promised to us in scripture i will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living wait for the lord you will see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living psalm 27 and i that, I used to struggle with that verse because i would be like well when, when does that start? You know, life is hard, and there's all this stuff going on, and where's the joy now? And I'm starting to be able, for the first time in my life, to experience that joy in the land of the living, as I have discovered through various prayer mapping exercises and cleansing uh, prayers and things like that, which are in the book. And they're not formulas, you know, you have to kind of make them your own. The Holy Spirit will guide each individual according to their own needs and experiences, but what I have found is just not only greater freedom from the scary stuff, but greater joy in the good stuff.
0: Yeah. Great, great reason to get the book. And the last question for me, I, I can knowing him, I can kind of guess the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway, why did you choose to publish through, through LA Marzulli?
1: Well, actually he chose me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I had this, uh, I had a book proposal written up and, It wasn't even a very aggressive book proposal. I I was just kind of looking for help. I've been self-publishing for years and have seven books out. And, you know, when when you don't have a big platform or a name, it's really hard to to sell the books. And so I thought, well, maybe if I got some people who could put some endorsements on the back cover of this book, you know, uh, it would sell more books. And so I was kind of just looking for endorsements and things. And so I handed out, you know, maybe a little less than a dozen of these at some conferences and things, just kind of hoping, that maybe someone will come alongside and, you know, network with me or give me some counsel or, or write an endorsement for me. And so much to my absolute shock and delight, I got a phone call from LA, I don't know, one to three months later, and uh, I just, kind of thought he was going to encourage me or give me some advice and lo and behold he said I want to publish your book and I about hit the floor this is this is kind of that thing that every writer dreams about and you know if you see it on TV you'd be like that never happens (laughs) but it (laughs) happens and so we've been working with each other the last three years and he's just been an amazing mentor to me and there's aspects of the book that were counsel that he gave me like let's do this or let's add that and just enhanced the book greatly and I have just so appreciated the the counsel and that the help that he's given me over the last three years. I I could not have asked for a better mentor in this.
0: Yeah. Yeah absolutely. I mean great great person to have on your team and as a mentor especially yeah again knowing LA I, I can say that. Uh so again the book is called They Only Come Out at Night Exposing the Dark Weapon of Sleep Paralysis. It's available on Ellie Marzelli's website. I have a link to that. I also have a link to Vicky's uh website do you use social media at all, Vicki?
1: Yep, I do. I'm on Instagram, Vicki Joy Author, and I'm on TikTok, VJA Author.
0: Okay. And I'll find those and I'll link those up also for everybody listening. So it's Vicky Joy Anderson. Vicki, thanks a lot for coming on. Very informative. Uh, and again, if all of you want to know more, well, you got to get the book. Again, it's called The Only Come Out at Night. I have a link to that in the show description. Thanks a lot, Vicky. Stay safe, and you are welcome back on the show anytime.
1: Thanks, Henry.
0: Okay. Now you just heard that interview. You, you don't hear it. You didn't get to hear it, but I, I don't, and I don't need to convince any of you listening to, listen to the paranormal perception of this, you know, the paranormal, the supernatural, you know, it's real, but there was a lot of editing that went into this interview. Not not because of what Vicky said, but because once she started exposing the dark, there was a lot of the, the signal we've this She dropped out one at one point and you were talking a little bit off the air. I find it, funny how that always seems to happen with guests or even when we're just talking, even when I talk to the boys, the hero and Sean Clan, when we're just having personal conversations and we start to talk about darker entities, technology suddenly starts failing. I mean, if you needed any more proof that it's real, there you go right there. So next, before we get out of here, before we wrap, wrap up for the week, I'm going to introduce you to this week's highlights, highlighted guest for OC Paracon. What's better than a Paracon in October? A Paracon in October in an abandoned and haunted ghost town. Join J. Marie Yates in Vulture City, Arizona for Vulture City Paracon 3. The Yates and a few of their spooky friends will be in attendance starting Friday, October 7th to Sunday, October 9th. There will be a celebrity meet and greet. 21 and over only. Speaker presentations. Vendors. A live gallery reading. Live recordings by Paranormal Podcasts, a Patty Negri seance, daytime ghosts and legends tour, and a celebrity nighttime ghost hunt. Hear from and meet paranormal experts from all fields of studies. All info and tickets at vulturecityparacon.com. It's hot now, but before you know it, it'll be sweater weather. The days will get colder, the nights longer. And OC Paracon will be here. While you wait, meet one of the guest speakers right now, right here, on Paranormal Perception. And this week, it's someone who has been here before, actually. It's a few, uh, I think last month or a few weeks ago, actor Chris Living was here to talk about Bad Bones. It's a movie that I, I, I think I still have it linked up on the uh, show description somewhere. If not, I will
2: have it there. It's still, uh, I think it's still available. Let me welcome to the show. Chris, welcome back. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me, Henry. And I got to say, man, that intro is dope, man. Like the sweater on, about to get cold at OC Bearcon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you caught the last couple episodes. Uh, I, everybody's laughing at me because I said, I'm really excited because we went shopping for groceries. The Halloween stuff is out. Everything Halloween is out. So everything it's feels ready. normal again. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm drinking one right now, in fact. Everything is pumpkin
2: spice. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't hating, man. I ain't hating. I like pumpkin spice too. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so like I said, you're gonna be at uh, OC Paracon. You're gonna uh, after you were on the on the show last time. We were talking off the air and every all the stories, everything that you shared on and off the air. We said, you know, you we gotta find space for you, and we did. Thanks for agreeing to be there. Yeah. So, uh, everybody that's got the tickets, the, the VIPs, those are all sold out. There's still some more tickets available, but those are selling out, so get them quick. Uh, you will see Chris on Saturday at 1 p.m., Saturday, October 1st at 1 p.m. So, without giving away the whole panel here, what are they going to hear you talk about?
2: Yeah, so, and I think the idea why you even thought of me, Henry, is great. It's, it's coming from a perspective of someone that's not like, I don't live and breathe. Um, paranormal investigating but it's been a passion it's been a a side project for you know almost 15 years now for me so um you don't have to be like into an extreme and and breathe it and sleep and eat it to really still enjoy um the the search for the unknown right so i think that's what i'm going to try to bring to what uh what i'm going to talk about is the idea that hey don't be intimidated by all these professionals that you, too, can do it. And it doesn't take much. Um, I'll talk about how randomly in college uh, I met up with John Zaffis. Uh, He was invited to the school randomly Um, and uh, a few of my my haunts in the Florida area that I've done and experienced some things, Uh, as well as we'll talk about a little bit about movies and how uh, one of my latest films that I wrote involves uh, the paranormal and, and how uh, as an investigator over the years, I was able to use some of that experience into the the writing of the film.
0: I mean, look, it's not a contest, but I've said it on the air a few times now. Yours and a couple of uh, Peter Obiás and a couple other ones are. I've gotten some emails. People are really looking forward to it because you're absolutely right. A lot of the people that are going not the not the speakers, but a lot of the people, the attendees, the regular attendees that are going, a lot of them are just discovering paranormal. They 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 may be starting or have started a group. And they had some haven't even gone on their first investigation yet. So, yeah, like you said, they don't have and it can be intimidating. You know, There's somebody up there. I've been doing this for 40 years and 50 years and I saw this and I've seen this and all that. And, and you haven't even done your first one. So, yeah, you represent that one. So people are really looking forward to it. Um, How you how you start out, period. Because, yeah, you know, it's one thing to hear. He won't be there, but like like from a John Zaffis, who's, you know, not only was, has he been doing it, like he says, I've been doing this forever, but he learned <laughs> from his aunt and uncle, from the Warrens, so I think he kind of knows what he's doing, but someone who, you know, normal person, is interested in the paranormal, wants to start a group, or has started the group, how do we start? Well, Chris will talk about that there, uh, now, uh, um, are you going to, sh- don't, say what make it let it be a surprise but are you gonna Mm -hmm. show video or play anything from from what you have done
2: uh yeah i mean like i'll have like a few clips and stuff like that from uh some of my films and things like that um i don't have any of the any footage from like when i've had some uh haunting experiences um i have some pictures uh just from a recent encounter um thanks to um haunted oc yeah uh, and i'll i'll throw up a few of those but uh Sadly, if, if that was the question of whether I'm going to have video from some of those experiences, I won't. It's just a little too old now. Yeah, and you,
0: you didn't ask for a table, but um, uh, are you going to hang around after your, your presentation?
2: Yeah, I'll be around for a couple hours um, to chat, to sign some stuff if you guys want me to. I'll have um, a few different DVDs signed uh, or Blu-rays of my films and um, a couple uh, uh, this new apparel line of Halloween clothing that I'm doing as well.
0: Yeah, and if somebody missed the last episode, let let them know what 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 films, what type of films have you been in?
2: Yeah, so um, it's 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 the whole spectrum. So I have a kind of body dysmorphia, steroid abuse drama, um, called Anabolic Life. So if you know anyone that's ever taken steroids, this movie is about that. Um, I've been in a, a haunted kind of Alaskan film. Uh, we just have Bad Bones. It just got released, which is uh, I play a paranormal author, and it's kind of like a invasion of the body snatchers in a house. Um, and I also have a, a full-on action movie where I just I kill about 30 people throughout the film, and uh, and uh, it's like, uh, what do you call it? Die Hard mixed with, uh, I don't know, John Wick a little bit. Yeah, I was about to
0: say, John Wick, move over. Here comes Chris Levine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so I, I've linked everything to um, Chris's website, just click on his name, it'll take you right right there. So there's a little tease, what you what you uh what you you're gonna see, what you're gonna hear from Chris at OC Paracon. Uh, you mentioned him there, but do you have anything else coming up that you wanna let everybody know where they can see you?
2: Um, no, I mean if you can uh if you just wanna go on either an Amazon Prime or even Tubi, uh if you just put in my name, you'll see uh the four major movies that uh that I star in right now. And um I'm excited to to chat with people and, and learn a lot too. I mean it's Paranormal investigating, I think, is a constant learning experience. You know, whether it's equipment, whether it's uh, people's past experiences, um, whether it's just debunking things like uh, like like orbs. Fifteen years ago, were such a big thing, you know, and now we're just like, eh, nah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what time you're going
0: to get there, but a couple of uh, panels before you, you might find that one. In, that's actually one of the other ones that are pe- people are really looking forward to. It's called setting setting yourself up for success with data review. In other words. After you do an investigation, you get excited You because the ramp pods went off and you got this, you got EVPs, you got, all, you got footage, all this stuff. But now how do you go through all that footage, all that audio? That panel will show you exactly how to do that. So you, if you get there in time, you might, you might find that one interesting too. Oh, I'm definitely going to do that. What time is that one, do you know? That one is at 11 a.m.
2: Oh, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that one too.
0: Yeah, so again, Chris Levine, I have everything on the show description. Chris, thanks a lot. Can't wait to see you at OC Paracon. Thanks, man. And one more reminder of what you have to do to get a free VIP ticket. There's the only one left. There's only well two because I'm going to give away two of them. So you got to do pretty simple is you got to be new. Follow OC Paracon on Facebook and Instagram. Also follow Paranormal Perception on Facebook, on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, It's somewhere in there. You know, one of those follow us on those. But I'll know when you're new. Those of you that have been following us all along, well, you're not eligible. Plus, a lot of you probably already have your tickets. I've, I've seen you. Uh, so this is for new people only. And remember, I, th- this ticket, I'm not getting hotel or flights or travel. Any, only the tickets. That's it. So if you can't be here in Anaheim on the weekend of October 1st and 2nd, don't even try to get these tickets because we're, we're not, we're not going to fly you here. We're not going to provide hotel rooms. That's up to you. The other thing, again, you got to be new. If you've been following us and you try to say, hey, I'm, I'm a new follower, well, I'm going to know that you're not, so we're not, we're not going to pick you. Do it today, though. We're over the weekend because I'm Labor Day, which is Monday. This coming Monday. I'm going to pick one of you. I'll let you know, and I'll announce you next Friday uh, here on the show. I'll announce who is the winner of a free VIP ticket, the last one. So you and a friend get to go. Uh, and that's it. Next week. Well, it's a, it's actually a return guest, and uh, this time around the guest is going to talk about something that we didn't cover last time—not because I forgot, but because we were talking about other other things that she does also. But um, we're going to talk about a book, a new book, and of course, we'll introduce you to another OC Paracon guest. Uh, everything on OCParacon dot com. Everybody, stay safe, stay cool. If you're here in the, in Anaheim in the LA area, it's because we're in triple digits this weekend. Seriously, be safe, hydrate, stay in the cool air, stay inside in and air condition if you can. Everybody else, stay cool, stay safe, and we'll be back next week to give you a new perception and that of the paranormal. Was Paranormal Perception.
1: The views and opinions heard on Paranormal Perception are those of the guests and hosts of the show factual statements are accompanied by backing data articles or other corroborating materials either stated on the show or included in the show description any views or opinions expressed on the show are not intended to malign any religion ethnic group club organization company or individual
0: new episodes every friday visit paranormalperception.show to listen at paraperception one on twitter at paranormal perception two on instagram paranormal perception with henry san miguel
1: Paranormal Perception was produced by 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC.